to the Immigration Hour here on America's Web, Web Radio. This is your host, Rocky Rockliffe. Uh, co-host Charles Cook will be uh, be along shortly. Uh, I confirmed with him last night that uh, he would indeed be on the show. So don't stop listening now just because the uh, the the uh, the uh, junior host, if you will, <laughs> is uh, is running his mouth. Uh, David, how you doing today? As always, it's been up uh, for forever. I got up about uh, b- because of, of what we've just been discussing. I, I, went, I wanted to go down to my records and find some records, so uh, I've been up since about one thirty. Going oh through my stuff goodness, one thirty—that's uh, just stay up all night then. Yeah, well, I, you know, I went to bed thinking about it. I knew I had everything I needed and uh, all the documentation I needed, but uh, you know, about uh, well. Uh, about a quarter after one, I woke up and thought, you know, I just want to go get it and make sure I have it. Go and get so, it. Get it done. so then I then I decided, well, as long as you're down here, you might as well work out for a while. So <laughs> that's <laughs> I, what happens. I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I've done the same thing. I, maybe not that early, but I've woken up and realized, man, I, I have some stuff I need to do, and then you just you just get the day started. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, unfortunately, this is one of the days that I don't. Don't get to go home early because it's uh, we have uh, live shows until five. So uh, then we go back to archive. But you know, other than that, I'm doing fine. It's a good day, and uh, it's a good day to be alive. And I appreciate everything that's going on. I, I as well, for, for especially for you working the board over there, because uh, David's the one that uh, makes the show run. We're just uh, Chuck and I are just the uh, talking heads, if you will. I guess the uh, talk. What do you what do you call a talking head for radio? David, you know the talking heads for TV or radio, uh, covering mouths. Charles, Charles <laughs> Cook. That's a, no. Uh, there is something I want to talk to you about. What I don't know what. Well, on on your thing, this uh, this this situation on the borders is getting it, beyond serious, and uh, the numbers like that beyond serious. At this uh, point. Yeah. You know, we've been lied to again. They kept saying fifty or fifty-two thousand, I think, and the, and now they've uncovered that it's more like three hundred thousand. And there's another, they, you know, and and the other thing that really upsets me, and, and this is right in your field of, of the immigration and so forth. But the other thing that really upsets me is they have found documentation now that that the administration knew about it, knew that it was coming. Homeland Security had started buying up... Uh, Knew what was coming, this surge of uh, yeah. company miners and people coming from Central yeah, America? exactly. Okay. And, uh, you know, they, they, had ar- they had already... Now, this is, this is something that... Started preparing for it? Or? Started preparing for okay. it and had hired an independent contractor, and that's to put the people into the FEMA camps and to uh, be well, the secure, you know. I'll tell you, uh, here, yeah, here's the deal. You know I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not, oh, I'm, I'm not and I know you're not either. Saying and, that. And I would have absolutely, I don't, I don't know, I can't speak to what you're, uh, what you're saying. All I know is that I wouldn't put past anything of that sort, past some of these private detention companies like Corrections Corporation of America or GEO Group uh, in terms of uh, pre-selling, you know, detention space because that, that's what they're selling. Uh, but I, I don't think that they, anybody, I mean, short of some macro view of knew it was coming, I mean, they've known for a while, I'll say this, that the numbers bear out that the federal government has known for a while that there has been 
an increase in the number of people coming from Central America. Uh, it, it, it really, I think we talked about it a little bit about it on the show last week that this trend of uh, unaccompanied minors and just this influx of people from uh, Central America really started towards the end of 2011. So it's it's not as though uh, a lot of the numbers you hear bandied about uh, in mainstream media just uh, talk about the surge since uh, since January or January through you know June or July or whatever month we're at and how it's so much more than it was last year. Well, yeah, it's it's exponentially increasing, but this 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 wave of people really started towards uh, towards the end of 2011, and there's yeah, a lot of you're right. There, there's a lot of people out there, you know, members of Congress, uh, you know, people from advocacy groups on both sides that you know have uh, re- reasons why it's why it's occurring. Um, you know, you've got a lot of anti-immigrant uh, types out there saying, oh, well, it's because of this uh, deferred action for childhood arrivals that, you know, this administration started. Well, that's not really accurate simply because deferred action for childhood arrivals wasn't even announced uh, or promulgated uh, administratively until June of 2012. Uh, well, so well, this wait, wait, okay. Let me interrupt go you there. Go for it. All right. The... I only have one mainstream media. <laughs> Others have maybe four or five. But my mainstream media said that, you know, now the administration is trying to blame their favorite target, Bush. But Bush is saying, in two thousand, this was in 2008 that he signed into law, and it was approved by Congress and signed mm-hmm. into law. The, the, uh, the trafficking decor- victims protection stuff. Yeah. That's what you're saying. And so they have found a loophole in it. Uh, I understand that why they... The bottom line is this. This is not something that either administration could create overnight, and it's not something either administration can fix overnight. The law that you're talking about that towards the tail end of the Bush administration, solely designed to uh, protect trafficking victims. And a lot of these kids are victims of trafficking. But a lot of the but you know, some of them are victims of trafficking, but a lot of them aren't. They're just coming here because the bottom line is, and this is what nobody wants to talk about, everybody wants to find some niche reason why it's happening and use that niche reason to channel the blame to the person or parties that they want to receive the blame. The bottom line is why these people are coming is because the situation is that bad in Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. It'd be the same. There's David, do you know what the city in the world with the highest murder rate is? The city with the highest murder rate it's in the world. It's not Chicago. It's not Chicago. It's Sandy Springs, Georgia. No. Uh, <laughs> no, no it's uh, it's, uh, it's San Pedro Sula in Honduras. Yeah. It's got has got the highest murder rate in the world, followed closely by cities in Guatemala and El Salvador. More people are being more innocent people are being killed there every day than in places like Aleppo, Syria. Uh, Places where, yeah, exactly. Places, countries that if they were on our border, believe me, they would be flooding into our country as well. And and as we talked about last week on the show, the the uh, the asylum request rates for all the countries around the Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, like Costa Rica, Nicaragua, uh, Belize, Mexico. Those countries have seen a commensurate jump in the number of people requesting asylum. So people are just going like there us. requesting yes, asylum. Yes, they're going to. It's so bad they're going to Nicaragua saying, "Hey, uh, can we can we live here?" I do want to apologize for being late, by the way. Oh, I, I was lost in this building because <laughs> David does not have a sign on his door, and I'm wondering. Well, uh, 
I'm like a doofus out here. Stealthy, uh, this is a stealth approach to, uh, you know, we, we've got so many listeners now that I, I don't want to be discovered. They were bandi- the They were beating down the door. He had to go hide out. The NSA. I, mean, I gave David a squash today. I thought he'd appreciate the little acorn squash Listen, to get his day started. That, that sucker will be gone tonight. We're is having... It? Turkey meatloaf for dinner, so that'll be nice. uh, one of the best. I'm making some ratatouille, by the way. Ooh, yummy. Uh, with all my own ingredients. But, you know, this border thing is just fascinating because we it know is. it's Obama's fault. Clearly. If he had just Clearly. not exercised his discretion and a little bit of compassion to give work cards to undocumented kids who came here as children, then we wouldn't be doing this way. And, and all these kids, it, when yeah, it started theory, in... Right? Yeah, well, when it yeah. started in 2000, all these kids in these impoverished countries were like, I know Obama's doing something next year. Yeah. Let they, me they, go they, ahead they, and start that. going. No, think about this. Come on. I mean, that, that, that's, that's the theory of some of the anti-immigration folks. Yeah. Is, it's Obama. So if that didn't happen, this wouldn't be happening right. today. Right. We wouldn't have this surge of people. You know, this always reminds me of that scene from Animal House. What scene would they're that in the, be? They're in the the, uh, the trial part of the, the movie. Yeah, movie. yeah, okay. And, and, and the dean starts saying something. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> you know, you it's can exactly. make stuff up all yeah. you want about this. There's multiple causes for this. But and how it, is this j- any different? Any different than Jewish parents sending their kids out of the violence of Nazi Germany? Mm-hmm. Parents getting their kids out from behind the iron block over the walls of Berlin during right. the world... How is this different? And, and let me. Uh, yeah, Wait, full, you know how it's different because that happened in Europe. <laughs> that happened and this in, is, this here. is happening here. But you know, let's let's be fair here. Well, you know, we're banging on the people who want to blame it on deferred action, Obama, and everything. And listen, I know there's a lot of pro-immigrant people out there that think that it would be different if we had given if we had had amnesty last year or something. It no, be it wouldn't be this any different. Be they would still come because the situation is that bad in these countries and i've said it numerous times we are partly responsible if not majorly responsible for the part of it is a cultural problem with corruption. absolutely not cultural because you're latino but cultural because there's a corruption culture, culture of corruption, corruption correct uh, that that dates back 100 years 150 right. years i mean which we were part of back in the day. Which we fostered through yeah, the 60s, so the our, 70s, well, and the 80s. Well, in the teens, in the 20s, <laughs> the teens, yeah. the old plantations. Of, yep, yep. I mean, the, the, the banana companies, the Chiquita brand banana. I mean, all that yep. stuff goes back to that time. Very colonial mentality. Mm-hmm. And yet, at the same time, we're, we're shocked that people would flee violence, poverty, and hardship. Mm-hmm. In this country, people fled violence, poverty, and hardship. They moved to different parts of the United States. Why wouldn't people come here? Yeah, now, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying we should let them in. I'm just saying we shouldn't be surprised this is happening. Exactly, we shouldn't be surprised, and, and we should be shocked it didn't happen ten years ago. Yeah, that's actually a better point that this hasn't that this hasn't happened sooner because it's not like uh, San Pedro Sula and some of the other cities down there with it's these ridiculous murder routes or rates uh, have you know up to this point been safe. I mean, they've always Latin America, Central America in particular has had some of the highest uh, homicide rates well, for the last decade. We, we actually talked on, on this show, I don't know, it was a year or two ago, David and I were talking about this because I mentioned on an article where Honduras had become the transit point, the way station for drugs from Colombia and Venezuela. Oh, the drug the and drug so, trade so, is so, so wrapped that, up in this. Well, it's, it is. Yeah. The drug trade is a big part in this. Big part. Uh, and so they, they established all these airfields throughout Honduras. I mean, Honduras is on the tip mm-hmm. of the peninsula down there. Right. It's, it's where the halfway point is mm-hmm. to come to the United States. So all the planes, all the landing strips, the subs, that's all peppered throughout Honduras and the Honduran coast. Yep. Uh, and when you have drug 
or organized crime, you have violence, you have corruption, you have drug use, you have poverty. Uh, this is this should be a surprise. We saw this coming. Yep. You know, this should be just the fact that people are trying to get their kids out of harm's way. David, you would have done the same thing. I would have done the same thing. I would have gotten him out of Texas if I were you. Was quicker, but there's nothing we can do about that now. Um, but think about this. Now, I thought it was interesting about this. These numbers: forty-seven thousand so far this fiscal year. We're about two thirds of the way. Two thirds of the way through, year. right? So they're looking at sixty thousand compared to what thirty thousand last year, or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, about twenty to twenty-five percent are Mexican kids. Mm-hmm. We've all, and that, that, that is, I don't think that's really any different than it has been. Than it has been. There, there's been no substantive um, change over what up or down on Mexico. Is the, the news right, these kids have illegally entered the U.S. Well, <laughs> what's interesting is many of them didn't actually get into the U.S. Many of them are presenting themselves at ports of entry for asylum, which they're entitled to do mm-hmm. under treaty obligations. Correct. Um, and while some have been caught, many of them literally just get in the country and wait for the border patrol to come. You can hardly say that they're, you know, they're entering the country legally. Yes, they're, they're, they're not talk. entering in a clandestine manner. Uh, but there is no <laughs> doubt that the cartels, the smugglers, are coaching people. Oh, coaching them? That. Uh, they, I mean, how much can you coach an eight-year-old? I mean, at the right. End of the day. They're and charging course, them all, though. And, they, and of course, <laughs> the, the, the picture of the Border Patrol agent with the little kid, you know what picture I'm talking about? Where the kid literally hands him his birth The only piece of paper the kid has uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. And the Border Patrol is reading it, and the kid's looking up with a bottle of water with his big doe eyes. Hi! I'm eight. I'm here. What's We're waiting out. Yep. I mean, what a heartbreaking picture to see. That, that'll that win a Pulitzer, that prime, mm-hmm. that picture. I mean, it's a heartbreaking picture because it's an emblematic of a situation where the Border Patrol, they, they they were not unprepared for this. The volume probably is a little more than they, they typically right. handle. But I think it's the, the politics of this. The politics, so difficult yeah. Absolutely. Because they're not used to the kind of politics associated with this and the intensity that you see. Especially in places like Murrieta, California, uh, where you just basically had people, the mayor's claiming people, they were not Murrieta citizens. They were kind of shipped in from outside. <laughs> yeah. uh, but really a very difficult situation. We're going to keep talking about this when we come back here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio, the most listened to immigration podcast in the known universe. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national. Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Uh, Rock, uh, today... Wait a second. i got a question for you. Joe. Yes, David. You, you brought up uh, uh, the 
Honduras situation of the, the drug trafficking, drugs, and everything that's going on there. You know, I didn't hear it come from you, but the question is: Should we become the world police officers? We can't control every country. No, and I don't so, agree. We should, but we should legalize so, drugs, and then the problem with all that, the violence associated with it, would go away overnight. It wouldn't. I don't think. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, I, I, I don't think it all goes away. But uh, you know, so, so oh, gosh, you know, and I, I understand what you're saying about the, getting the kids out of harm's way is right. basically what you're saying. Well, well, I'm not current. I'm just saying that's what people are doing. That's, that's the what people they are doing. Do. Yeah. So where do we take? I mean. You know, everybody's yelling, we need an immigration policy. Yeah, yeah, they will change it. You know. shocking, right? So what do you do? What do we do? What is the difference between these refugees, right, and refugees from Kosovo or Iraq or Afghanistan? They're brown. Vietnam? Vietnam. They're brown and people are free to, there's a lot of people that are predisposed to dislike them. I'm asking the question out loud. Why aren't these refugees? As opposed to illegal Aliens? Yeah. I mean, look at Jordan, country of Jordan, which has, I don't know, a few million people. They took in a million Syrians, and, and we encouraged it. Well, let them come into your country and be safe. Well, What's I mean, the difference? we could easily do that if we set up camps and, and with tents and everything like that. But the problem is, the, the and it's po- it's political. Again, they, nobody wants to see refugee camps the on the States. news in on the, the, the southwest States. border. because it's refugee okay camp- Jordan. Yeah, but refugee camps are, I mean... They're not we, real we, clean. They're yeah. not, they're well, not clean. They're, they're not safe. They're, uh, they're a no, whole thing that. unto I mean, themselves. We encourage other countries to do yeah. it when there's when they're strife on their border, mm-hmm. but not us. I mean, what if this was? What if this type of situation was all Mexican immigration? And what if it wasn't people having to transit through Central, you know, Central America and Mexico first to get here, where people are winnowed out as they come up? Mm-hmm. Uh, what if it was Mexican kids saying, we're all going to the United States, there's five million of us coming? I mean, this is this is not that bad a problem. We're talking about sixty thousand kids. It's, exactly, it's, it's just not it's politically been it's it's been politically manipulated and exemplified by people on both sides that are pushing an agenda. But we have three hundred and ten million people in the U.S. We could absorb sixty thousand a year like this. We could this. absorb six no five hundred thousand a year like yep. this. It'd be no problem. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to because of the message it sends to the rest of the world. We have borders. We should respect them. I'm just saying. The rhetoric around this, it's I'm, I'm actually a little surprised by how vociferous it's become when this is not a new problem. This is a direct result of a broken immigration system. Well, I think Period. they can seize on, I, I think the reason it's become so vociferous is because I think that the anti-immigrant crowd at this point has figured out that they can seize on this uh, and make political hay with it, and I, yeah, as evidenced by you know, Obama I, I hate saying, hey, you know, children. I mean, it's just I, I'm not I'm not defending it. Yeah. I'm just saying I think that they realize you know, they like, could, oh, they're bringing diseases. <laughs> Two of them had the bird flu. Okay. <laughs> oh well, they're, they're apparently they're apparently the just too, so yeah. So what? Only two? The vast That's a lower of them, incidence uh, than the general population. <laughs> you know what's happening is chickenpox and TB. TB, well, TB is anywhere in the world but the United TB, States. TB, throw antibiotics on it, you're going to yeah, go. You're good, you're the good, bottom line is this. It's chicken pox. There's chicken pox outbreaks in these camps because a lot of these kids were never exposed to chicken pox. Never had a varicella vaccine. Or, a, exactly. I mean, no vaccines or anything mm-hmm. from where these can come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's going to happen in, in, when you have close contact with people. Scabby, some guy got scabby. Scabies? Whatever that is. Yeah, scabies. Is. Scabies is not, is not cool. Good. 
they're all tra- they're all treatable. I mean, Absolutely. everything's treatable, and we just you know you just uh, you get the the systems in place, and it's just a logistical uh, it's a logistical challenge. But unfortunately, uh, and, and this is the thing is we are we are more than logistically capable oh. to handle this. It's whether or not we are politically capable to execute. I mean, right. that, that's really what it is. I mean, 60,000 people. I mean, we have the wherewithal uh, technologically and logistically if we want to solve this problem and fix it up. Either keep them in, you know, clean areas down there, or if they have parents here, release them. I mean, that's what my personal preference would be. Or if, or if you if you politically want to say, hey, we're going to do like we do with Mexican kids. This is going to be a quick, fast, in a hurry type thing, and we're going to put aircraft on the border and just start doing turns. I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying. Well, this is what this is Obama's that's a solution. This is interesting. Everybody's playing Obama. This is actually Obama's solution. No, yeah, it's in a solution. June thirtieth meeting, David, at the White House with immigration advocates, where he we will talk about what else he said about the positive stuff he wants to do. But he said this specifically. Uh, he argued forcefully that the U.S. had to signal its intent to enforce the law through deportations. And the failure to do so could lead more children to die en route to the U.S. or take scandalous risks by traveling with smugglers or on the roofs of trains. He could not, in good conscience, because he has a conscience, apparently, uh, give any remotely encouraging signal to children or their parents to risk their lives as many as already done. And so his plan is to provide humanitarian assistance, speed up the processing of the cases under the law, and ask Congress for up to $3 billion for housing and temporary courts to process and deport those without legal standing. Now, every one of these kids, as they've been processed, are saying, I'm afraid to go back. When you, mag- when you utter those magic words, you know, lawyer talk, you utter the magic words, you are then required to be allowed to have a credible fear interview if you're caught at the border. Correct. Credible fear interview. You don't get to file for asylum immediately. But you get to have a credible fear interview. A little bit of a so screening what, before. It's so kind of screening, layer now on here, top. And here's where the backlog. This is not an ICE problem. No. Credible screening, credible fear interviews are not done by ICE. By they are done by USCIS, USCIS, Office of Asylum and Humanitarian Affairs. A grossly understaffed office, which already had <laughs> years-long backlogs <laughs> on asylum cases. Putting it wild. Before this surge, I'm going to call it a surge rather than a crisis for the yes. moment. Uh, it would take two, three, four, five, six weeks for a detained person at the airport at the border to have a credible fear interview. If they were in Stewart or in Washington State, to come wherever they happen right. to be. Uh, and now they want to push it. The problem is to be an asylum, only asylum officers can do credible fear interviews. It takes, what, six months to train an asylum officer? Six months? At, at least. At least. But they already ha- they have to have some credentials. or yeah, some, I mean, these, these, are, these are very high-end people. Many of them yeah. have master's degrees. You can't turn them out overnight. I mean, no, this so they like can't, like, for, so they have to pull yeah. off basically every asylum officer adjudicating asylum cases. I don't know. There are only a couple hundred of these guys. Yeah, they're not that many. Because a credible fear interview will take generally at least an hour. If done properly. If not longer. Mm-hmm. All right, so maybe, and these are emotionally draining, physically exhausting interviews. These, these are difficult to do. Mm-hmm. They, it's not like, so you're afraid to go back? Yeah, okay, I believe you. Okay, uh, especially well, now, when we want to finish. The Obama administration recently tried to change the standard of credible fear to make it more difficult to get credible fear because credible fear was being granted like 99% of the time. And that's backed off a little right. bit. Uh, but you still have to go through that, and then you have to write up notes, write up a report, find credible fear. Now, if they find credible fear... For, this is for adults. The kids are treated a little bit differently. But if they find it for adults, then ICE will typically 
allow them to go to immigration court and many times will release them on a bond or on a recognizance order. Kids, because of the law, have to be released within 72 hours or turn over to HHS in 72 hours, and they're not getting a credible fear screening mm-hmm. for the most part. Right. Now, if you don't pass credible fear, then you get to go in front of a judge and have a judge review the credible fear finding, which he affirms 99% of the time as being no credible fear. So you have a situation where there is there is procedure in place. And why is there a procedure in place, David? What is that thing called, Rocky? I forget. The Constitution. <laughs> And yes, so, it applies to every little, person. Little thing called due process. Well, despite what the Supreme Court it. said Don't in Hobby Lobby, persons <laughs> includes everybody, including women, which apparently they forgot about in the Hobby Lobby decision. Um, everybody, no, not I citizens. think Chuck and I may disagree about the Hobby Lobby decision. We may, but <laughs> every every person is a person. It's a living human being, right? Uh, and so they get they have to go through some level of due process. Now, Obama did not create this. This is due process created by Congress. So if Congress thinks they, that there should be less due process, then like Obama said, they have to change it. Right. Because due process is, at the border, whatever Congress says it is. That's an old Supreme Court case. Wait, I process. thought due process is what Eric Holder thought, what process he thought you were due. No, that's it's actually what Congress thinks you're due. Oh, They've been laboring under that misconception yeah, yeah, yeah. for a while. Now. Holder doesn't understand anything. I mean, he and due process is the if process. If you go we back about ten or fifteen years, you get to a, a board of immigration appeals decision which says that f- people fleeing gang violence cannot categorically qualify for asylum. Categorically, but still could qualify under certain circumstances yes. that will be reviewed on an individualized basis. basis. Which means you have to have individualized hearings. Right now, Obama wants to churn out these hearings. I, I read a thing from uh, Center for Immigration Studies. These hearings only take an hour. <laughs> they only need a couple of days to prepare these cases for trial. There's no no evidence of anything. If, um, if every if <laughs> if it was testimonial and the government wanted to accept the testimony we presented. Yeah, I could do one of these. I could do one of these in an hour because it's really the story. It's all yeah. I need to get out. But unfortunately, even though testimony, the bedrock of our criminal it's justice system, testimony is one hundred percent. I mean, it's completely discounted in the immigration yeah. uh, court context. You have to provide documentation of what you're saying. You could provide testimony that is looked upon credibly, but if you don't have some sort of some way to back it up, it's not that there's evidence presented in contravention of your testimony that's contrary. So, well, listen, again, this is Congress did this, right? But Congress did this in what act? The which the, the real idea is part of the real right, idea. part of the real idea but that but that's the problem is like yeah you could get these done in an hour if you wanted to take if you wanted to you know take testimony is true prepare for it in two days uh if that's, that's all, what they want to do they yeah, want to cross them in two days if that's all I was doing and I was on the border and you know maybe but no you and can't. how many of these could you take at one time Four or five, if you were trying to do them like that, at a one week, time. right? Yeah, a week. Yeah, which means if there's forty thousand that you're trying to process <laughs> the border in a there's year, there's not eight thousand pro bono lawyers. Pro bono lawyers. Pro bono lawyers are going. How much can you can do with pro bono lawyers? For goodness' yeah. sakes, you need right. lawyers who understand immigration law to do this mm-hmm. stuff. You just can't just throw a lawyer in there. No, I, I agree, but that's the. I mean, we don't even have eight thousand decent practitioners of immigration law in the country, probably. And I mean, and, I mean so a serious it, problem. Yeah. So I, I, at the end of the day, again, it, this is a we are not technically or logistically challenged in solutions for this problem. We're politically challenged because neither side wants to 
get off their high horse and stop blaming the other and realize that neither of you are important enough to have caused this. But guess what? We can solve this problem if you take this political wrangling out of the equation. Mm-hmm. And who's going to blame first? Do I don't know. Now, I want to I want to quote David something Obama said because I think you're going to be a big David's Obama. president. He's going to be a big That's Obama guy. supporter. He's That's a big his Obama guy. Supporter. That's his guy. Uh, especially when you hear this, you're going to go, I like that guy. Uh, Obama, according to those present, said, Kids all over the world have it tough, he said. Even children in America who live in dangerous neighborhoods would like to live somewhere else, but he can't solve everyone's problems. You like this guy so far, right? Uh, he told the groups he had to enforce the law. <laughs> he loves enforcing wait the law. Wait a sec. Wait, you, can you get this into Rush Limbaugh's hands? I don't, I don't think he believes this. Even if it meant deporting hard cases with minors involved. And this, is, this is great. He's going on. Um, this is Obama, the detached intellectual, right? Sometimes Columbia there's an inherent injustice. Columbia law. He's not Columbia law professor. He's a John Marshall <laughs> law professor. Just... Sometimes there is an inherent injustice in where you are born, and no president can solve that. But presidents must send the message that you can't just show up on the border, plead for asylum or refugee status, and hope to get it. Well, actually, you what if can re- do that. What if you I mean, are refugee? What if you, you are, are refugee? refugee though. You can do that. Here's what he said: Then anyone can come in, and it means that effectively we don't have any kind of system. We are a nation with borders that must be enforced. One whoa, side, of, one whoa. side of mouth, my, other my side mouth of mouth. Hurts I got one both side. Go at the same time. We're gonna take a break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics... It seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour with Chuck Cook and Rocket Rock. Left Rocket, it's been a good day so far. It has. It's only it's a good day. I do apologize for being late. I feel bad about that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, if David wasn't located <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in a building nobody could find, we'd, we'd get here on time. <laughs> it's, it's easy for you to do that because you know I'm going to be here. Is, that's the thing. So you're just like, uh, you didn't call me before you left. I mean, I think, oh, Rocky will come get me. And uh, just, I think I passed by the front desk and they said you were busy with somebody. And I was like, I'll just take off and I'll, I'll be here anyways. Never believe what Sylvia tells uh, Whatever. We're here. You know I'm here. We're good to go. But, you know, so what do we do? With the kids, okay. The parents get all this due process. How does a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, twelve-year-old articulate his credible fear? Are you afraid? Yes. I mean, kids that are. This is a trauma. Mm-hmm. My wife's a trauma specialist uh, as a mental health therapist. These kids are traumatized. They yep. will not effectively be able to tell their story 
the the three days after their arrival in the three US. days after their arrival, or in the physical setting that they're in of a detention center. center. I, I mean, mean, and you've seen these pictures; they and, are horrifying. And while it may be more sanitary than the conditions they were in in stash houses on the way up from Central America, it's still they're still around all the other kids. There's still the culture, obviously. Of I mean. I mean, the, the, you know, we don't like snitches. I mean, the, and so some kid starts, you know, going off talking to CBP people or whoever, you know, he could get looked on. He, he, so he may have fear of, of saying anything. But even even the like tree. the younger kids, I mean, it's, it's, how can they, how can a five-year-old or an eight-year-old articulate? They can't. You can't, physically they can't do it. I mean, mentally they can't do it. So you're really going to deport these? I mean, I, I hate, I, I don't want to be the guy who says, let them all in the country. But I think a certain point, part of our humanitarian uh, bent as a country is okay. Let's take a look at this and let's look at it from a rational perspective. Well, now if I, if, if families are coming in, okay, that that due process is there with the parents, right? But for people, kids only. I think well, we have to take I, a look I'll at this. Say, go, I, we can't locate their parents, mm-hmm. and we can't locate relatives in the U.S. who become responsible, and we should make them responsible. Right? Somebody said if somebody's parent comes p- pick them up and they're undocumented, why don't you arrest the parent? Oh, that's just we're not doing that. Okay, but we're not we're not doing that because we don't way to put the parent. Right. But why don't you say here's an NTA? You need to go to court too. Yeah. Because then will come get their kids, and you'll be stuck with these kids there. Right. And and I'm I am in favor. I mean, I'm in favor of of that. I think that you should release as many of these children as possible to responsible, but should, qualified, but you should check members. these people. Absolutely, need to I check think them they're out. Doing a, I don't think they're doing a good enough job at HHS to do some background on these people. Look at their. I mean, the thing is, how can you overnight look into thirty thousand, ten thousand, even five thousand households? Well, you can't. And I would. What I would really. The, the number I would really like to see is the number of kids who are unaccompanied, who have no relative in the states, or didn't have. You know, were just sent here, hoping the federal government will take care of the kids. Obviously, there's some of those kids in there, but I think a decent I don't think people think the federal government. I think people America, America, America. Yeah, and you know what, America, America. we can as a nation of people. Yes, we, we can. can. Yes, our we government, can. Our government can't do squat. <laughs> Send us your tired, your poor, your hungry. They work. They'll make it. The concept, the the American dream, will happen for them. But the thing, I'd really like to see the, those numbers. I don't think they they've been put out anywhere. No, the I, number I think of kids they, I mean, who, those of them that take a while to accumulate. Yeah, but I, I think at the end of the day, a lot of these kids that are coming in, especially the real young ones, have somebody here who would be willing to accept custody, whether it's an aunt or an uncle or a sibling. Or I mean, I had, I had a guy in my office a couple of weeks ago asking me, "Hey, what's the best way I can bring my kids here?" I'm like, well, don't. What are you? Yeah. Are you a citizen? No, no. Do you, do you have TPS? No, no. I just I just want to bring them here. Everybody else is bringing their kids. Like, don't do it, dude, man. Keep your kids there. It is not worth it for you to pay thousands of dollars, well, tens for, of thousands of dollars. Yeah, tens of thousands of dollars for them to make a life threatening journey through some of the worst parts of the world. Okay, and and I can say that because I've been to a lot of the worst parts of the world, and I'm telling you, <laughs> it's one of them. Uh, it, through one of the worst parts of the world, it's simply not—it's uh, not good parenting. And I understand you're here illegally. Maybe the best—maybe the best. Why, why don't you go back? That might be the solution for you to take care of your kids and make sure they're safe. And but that's a personal decision at the end of the day. Just don't don't 
but it was telling. Don't subject his, your kids to this. Right, situation. but it was telling. Uh, you know, his attitude of just yeah, everybody else is just sending their kids up. What do I need to do to just send them up? Yeah, uh, it's funny he would come say, ask a lawyer. Oh, yeah. How do I legally bring my kids to America? <laughs> I'm here illegally. Yeah. And how do I bring my kids here? Everybody else is doing it though. So it's just what do I got. I got to give. I mean, the attitude was so cavalier. Of, what I just need to fill out a paper to send to him to tell him to come with him. Like, no. That's not what happens here, Chief. No, uh, it, that, that, it's disturbing. But, you know, this, this White House meeting where Obama said these things about, quoting David uh, Moxley, my job is to enforce the law. That's what he does. <laughs> David's going to cut your mic um, in a minute. <laughs> he, uh, Obama came into this room. So they call in about 20 advocates. These are pro-immigration people. Yeah. Uh, many His of them. base. But you know who they didn't who invite in? You know who they didn't invite point. in? Maldef. Why? Because... The head of Maldef is the one that caused him the deportation the president. Chief. And that personally, personally hurt affront. him. Personal affront. Well, you're president of the United States. You get personally offended. He's a sensitive You guy. shouldn't be president of the United States. Yeah. I'm sorry. You should not be able. I don't think Bush ever got pre- No, I don't think he really cared about it. But that's what you, you got to wear. Hey, Clinton? He didn't care. Your ego has to you, be big so enough big. to not get offended. And I don't think Obama's got a big enough ego for that job. Mm. He's got a huge ego, but it's a weak. It's, it's a, a weak, you know what it is? It's, it's an academic ego. It is. It's it an is. academic ego. It it's is. not a doer ego. It's no, an academic ego. I agree. Yep. It's not like Clinton. It's like not whatever. like Clinton, Bush, like just you know, silver tongue politicians. I saw politicians. somebody wearing a Bush academic t-shirt. Ego. I wish. I wish Bush was back. <laughs> really? <laughs> is your memory that short? Because stuff was so great. It was so great when he was going on. Especially when he left, the economy was in great shape. Oh goodness! Um, so Boehner and 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 uh, um, uh, Obama have a meeting on uh, June twenty fourth, and Boehner told uh, him we would read no votes on immigration before the election, but he believed there was a good chance a comprehensive bill could pass the next Congress, presumably the Republican Congress, and a Republican comprehensive bill. Uh, Obama. Um, uh, said and, and Obama er, Boehner said, "Don't do any executive action because that'll hurt us next year." Obama said, "Sorry, I'm going to keep my promise and move Sorry, forward. no go. On so the meeting was wasn't called about the kids. The kid thing came up because one of the advocates said, right. you know, there's like a 900 pound gorilla in the room. You're not talking about. Yep. Although it's not really, it's really a, a 35 pound gorilla. Yeah. Because here's what Obama 900 said. pounds would be like a million okay. kids. All right. So here's what Obama <laughs> said. All right. Um, Obama says. Um, I uh, am going to um, uh, begin the process of executive actions uh, to uh, give legal work give work visas, basically work status, give a work permit to five to six million adult undocumented immigrants. When this summer, <laughs> this summer, let's see it. Do it this summer. He has ordered Homeland Security and Justice to find executive authorities. Uh, we already told you where those were. You yes. don't need to go find them. They're not You've hiding. Been advised. They're not hiding anywhere. <laughs> that could enlarge the non-prosecutorial umbrella by a factor of ten. Senior officials also tell me Obama wants to see what he can do with executive power to provide temporary legal status to undocumented adults. It's called TPS, and shift ICE enforcement resources from the interior. Now this is with a nightmare. Okay, this is the problem to the border. He should first of all, ICE is not in charge of the border. There's a whole separate agency guy. Okay, that's Customs and Border Protection. <laughs> and and this is exactly what Clinton did that caused undocumented immigration to rise in the mid-90s when you stopped interior enforcement. You stop interior enforcement, employers feel no problem in hiring undocumented immigrants because they know they're not going to get busted. Who's going to care? You have to have interior enforcement. That, that is a bad policy decision. You need to keep ICE armed with the ability and the and the goal 
to go after Beth. Not ticky tack crap like we're seeing a lot of this stuff now where, oh, you didn't fill out your I 9 try pay me $100,000. Where there was no undocumented immigrants working there. Come on. Come on. Go after the employers who are actually hiring undocumented immigrants if you want to have an effective enforcement priority strategy. But you're not doing that. Right. You're not doing that. You're going for the easy money from people who can pay you rather than the hard stuff. Because you don't want to be seen as the guy who deports people just for supporting their families. Well, go after the employers then. But they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think uh, this this reversal has to do with Bonner, Boehner, saying, I'm not going to do it this year. Forget about it. We're not going to touch it. This is after the last six months they've been saying, oh, yeah, we're working on it. We're, we're working, working on it. We're going to work on it. to have something it's, for I mean, you. Apparently the cancer race must have scared the BBs out of them. Scared the Well, it the shouldn't have. That, we yeah, talked about sure. why it shouldn't have, but, yeah. but it did. So you've got a really interesting situation, David, where Obama wants to be seen as the enforcement deportation president, but at the same time he's going to provide status it's classic, to six to seven million. Cla- now, how do you do that? If, let's say, David, how are you going to do that? Let's say you want to do it. This is easy. We know that 84% of the undocumented people in America today have been here longer than 10 years. Mm-hmm. So you simply say this. You've been here longer than 10 years. Same criteria as DACA. You don't have any serious crimes. Now, if they put a DUI thing in there, Could be a, a third, of the, a third of the men aren't going aren't to get it. right out overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and say you got sixty days to apply, which I think apply. they should get. A, I, I, which I don't think they should do. I, what more than one DUI? I'm fine. One DUI? No, that that would be that would be two. You got two DUIs. Two DUIs do. done, but one DUI. Like everybody, I think you need that one in there because there's a lot of local enforcement shenanigans with DUIs and stuff. That if you get two, there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. The one DUI, I don't think there's enough smoke for it yeah, to be I mean, a fire. But anyways, yeah. But I, I personally hey. think they should get no DUIs in your toast. I mean, I, I'm, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to die because some guy decided to have a drink. I, I just don't think that's worth it in, in, in the long run. And somebody's got to say, no, it's bad. And Obama, I mean, to his credit, he came out and said that. Look, Well, he's he's trying to have his cake and eat it, too. He wants to oh, be no, seen as the it. enforcement guy, but also the guy giving all this. It's like, bro, to have some backbone. Where's all this? I go back to the uh, the Joe Biden quote right after he was elected, and uh, Joe Biden said, "In six months, you're going to see some world event that'll show you he has steel in his spine." Where's the steel at, bro? <laughs> no I mean, let's spine. see the steel, man. It's like, it's like a, it's a, you know what he reminds me of? Gumby. Good. He like flopping around. <laughs> he like Gumby. Yeah. Now there was a great article that was in Bloomberg this week, and I, and I put it on my Facebook page. Bloomberg. Because it reminded me of Monty Python. Why immigration reform only looks dead? Only looks dead. On the Prince's Bride. (laughs) Mostly dead. Mostly Mostly dead. dead. Um, So the White House, uh, basically Bloomberg comes out. Now Bloomberg, of course, is pushing for positive immigration reform. This article is mostly about employment stuff. Right. Uh, It's about, you know, what's going on in Europe and the crazy stuff. At the end of the day, it says, look, there's still a possibility – that we could, you know, the average citizen in the U.S. appears far calmer about immigration than the heat of li- heat and light of recent events would suggest. Though there's been a quick uptick in popular concern about levels of immigration in the U.S. to a certain extent, that rise should be a kind of a longer-term trend away from this. So there's a trend away from nativism. You know, for example, I, David, I uh, took a trip across America this weekend. 
I drove from Provo, Utah to uh, to Georgia with my son. Across America, yeah, it's across yeah. America, and and we took the northern route. We went up to Wyoming, okay, uh, uh, where there are speed limits, although apparently not. I mean, there's a lot of cops up there, but <laughs> speed limit—they're not going to stop you if you go less than you know less than ninety. Uh, we went to Nebraska, which is a very long state, by the way, uh, with not much going on besides a very long state. Not much happened there, and kidnapped. So we saw. You know where we saw America? Not when we were driving. When we stopped at the rest stop. Yeah, there we go. Oh, baby. I got to tell you, David. Walmart on the interstate. It's Walmart on the interstate. (laughs) It's like, wow. Your mom let you go out dressed like that? That is a really nice tattoo on your face. Did did you think that helped you get a job somewhere? Uh, what do they call uh, facial tats? Not, yeah, facial tram stamps. But yeah, uh, facial, there's some name for it. Some name for it. It's like, wow, that's quite a facial tat you have there. Uh, uh, I probably would have avoided that if I were you. Where to the wise? You might want to get that taken <laughs> off in the future. Wow, those shorts are short, and they don't fit you very well. <laughs> where, are, where are your parents? Yeah, where are your parents. Uh, so we saw America, and um, you know, one thing we didn't see, um, uh, or we did see, was a lot of truck drivers. A lot of trucks. And you know what there is in America right now, David? A massive truck driver shortage. Man. Massive truck driver truck shortage. Let's take a break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national. Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. We were talking about David's upcoming facial tat uh, appointment. Uh, <laughs> He's getting getting a couple of tears. A couple teardrops. Style tears only. We know David's not uh, on the left side. Which means, uh, whatever. <laughs> it's just crazy stuff. But I saw this saw America. There is actually a truck driver shortage in America. These are jobs that pay sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. Oh, and much more sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I mean if you drive not, a lot. Not, but yeah. I got to tell you, I do feel bad for truck drivers because I saw where they eat. Trucks. There is not a healthy piece of food. Between the Wyoming border and Kansas City, yeah. near as I can tell. My wife always clowns me because uh, I one of my favorite things to do is uh, drive and eat. And she's like, it's a good thing you're not a trucker because if you were, you would weigh 700 pounds. Yeah. There were some big <laughs> truck drivers. Oh, yeah. You know, there was a lounge in one of these places uh, where they, you know, truck driver lounge. Of shower. Marble showers was my favorite billboard. Marble showers for the truck driver. We haven't cleaned them in a month. <laughs> they're all watching, I don't know, TNT on TV or yeah. something. And, and these guys, these were big men. Big cats. These are big men. Big cats. Big men. Yeah. Uh, but if I didn't practice lawn anymore, I think maybe I'd be a truck driver. How about you? Uh, hey, 
Uh, that's that's definitely in the top five besides uh, HVAC repair, landscaping. <laughs> HVAC repair. I'm telling you, HVAC repair is where it's at. Like when I had to replace my air conditioners Guys, like, like four years money. ago. Not lose any money. I mean, that is a I don't want to say a racket because they're, they're. I mean, but you can make some decent yeah, cash doing, doing that. Hundred bucks an hour. Yeah, um, it's not a bad thing. Uh, but at the end of the day, David, the this whole immigration debate with Obama, what he's going to do. People are now asking, well, when is Obama going to do this? When? Well, I can tell you when. When? I can tell you when. Speak going, to us. I'm going on vacation July 23rd to August 3rd in Peru. Yes. I can guarantee you it's going to happen during while you're time. Gone. Well, we'll hold down the fort. We'll, we'll hold down the fort for you. I can you. guarantee you it's going to be while I'm gone because it always happens while yeah. I'm gone. Um, no, the reality is I think Obama will do it this summer. And they could do it after Congress breaks. I think he really has to strategically wait till Congress breaks. Till they're out. August. But I see the first couple of weeks of August being a time that he announces. And now, of course, there won't be an application period. Right. I mean, it's going to be like, I mean, there was, what, a two-month ramp up before DACA's well, application was released. What will be the political stuff. ramifications for the election? Mm-hmm. Uh, it will clearly drive angry people to the polls. On the Republican side, I don't think there's enough of them though. Even even so if even if it drives out all that crew like that, you know, they did with the gay marriage thing in 2004. Yeah. That issue, I think, mobilized a lot of that base to get out. Mm-hmm. There, the the anti later. yeah the anti's here on on this issue. Even if they all get out and vote, I still I think know. they're such a small portion that I they're agree. not going to change the electoral uh, uh, demographics. And they're they're part of our own echo chambers, which is why we hear them. But the general populace is like, <laughs> yeah. When you're and and the, when you're but, in the echo chamber, you hear that same. Well, thing and the crazy again. thing is, I get. I mean, I, I get so many people coming. I mean, I'm sure you see the same thing. I get so many people coming into my office for uh, consultations with their employer. Uh, yes. You know, a, a super conservative guy who, you know, conservative in every respect. You would think he would be an anti-immigration guy, but he just wants to help his employee because he's the hardest working person he's ever yeah. met. Never misses work, but unfortunately, he's been here for 10 years illegally. Nothing on his record, maybe a no license here and there. And they, you know, that who people who you would just pigeonhole into that category of, you know, anti-immigrant, racist, whatever you want to call it, are some of the most fervent advocates for it. So I, that's why I say I just think that, that it's such a small minority within the minority that would actually get out and, and change their vote based on, on what happens here. Right. So at the end of the day, I, I think Obama will not lose votes, and mm-hmm. I don't think any Democrat will lose an election nope. over this issue coming forward. Nope. Although I did love the, the hyperbole. Now, I, I read the Judge Report every day. David, you're a big Judge Report guy, right? Um, and he's had a field day with his headline links. <laughs> now, it's interesting. It, it, it drives people who don't, who don't I read that purely for comic There's, there's release, probably <laughs> some listeners to this program who've never gone to DrudgeReport.com. Uh, you should do that. It's Basically, so low he's rent. made millions it. of dollars re-headlining and linking. Yes. That's it. He that, re-headlines. He has no independent content. He changes content. the, 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 the typeface or whatever. Well, no. Yeah. So, for example, he'll put... Um, Dreamer deportations drop. And then you go to that link. That's not really the title of the article. It's like the number of kids between these ages are being deported less frequently. Dream That becomes dreamer deportations drop. Right. Uh, tuberculosis spreading again. Release into the population. <laughs> 40 infected immigrants transported in California. Oh, God. 500 released every day. My God, we're going to die. He has um, made... Matt Drudge has made paper uh, on that, though. I mean, millions of dollars. Yeah. I love this one. Feds never contacted about dumping. They were dumping. They were bringing people to the bus station. They were processing them in, in Murrieta uh-huh. to because pro- that's where the agents were. 
Right. Bring it, we're going to process them, and then we're going to let them go to the bus station. They weren't going to live in Marietta. Yeah. And that they get the impression they're going to live here. No, they're, they're going to process there, and Greyhound's going to make a fortune on them. Yeah. Uh, as they move forward. Uh, I hope their bus drivers speak uh, uh, speak differently, uh, speak Spanish a little bit better than they, than they had in the past. But at the end of the day, it's it's a fascinating series of events uh, that is that's occurring here with immigration. Some big, yeah, going to be some big changes. And you know, you made a point of you don't think any uh, Democrat will lose an election uh, or that Obama will be vulnerably uh, vulnerable on this issue. And I agree 100 percent with you. But the corollary to that, and we've hit it home on this show before, is that. Even more reason, the victory is out there for Republicans right. to seize if they would just do something and stop being beholden to these small minorities within their caucus that you know that they shouldn't be afraid of. They should tell these people, take a dang hike. Exactly we, right. let, if you really want this party to be a national party, and I'm not saying I want her to be a national party or not. I, mean, I, I don't really care. I think they're all criminals, but... Uh, at the end of the day, if you really want the party to be a national party, just take this victory right from Obama. I mean, it's just what a snatch victory from the jaws or snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. I mean, what they're they're trying to do. I mean, it's 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 a no brainer. And if they just got you know uh, if they got their butts in gear and passed some sort of comprehensive. Uh, legislation that addresses these problems, they're get they're going to get 20 million voters overnight for the rest of their lives because they're going to be seen as the party that did something about it. Yep. I mean exactly. that that's 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 what's going to happen. And I, I, you know, I've said it before. I for the life of me, I cannot understand why that somebody like because I Boehner, I know gets it. I'm I'm, I'm sure he gets it. Exactly. It, and and I'm sure there's other people that are that are you know in leadership positions that get it, but for some reason they are so scared. I mean they're deathly afraid of these uh, anti-immigrant types that uh, are supposedly responsible for the defeat of Ed Cantor, which you know we address. Has nothing to do with his flip-flopping on immigration or his support for immigration. It has to right. do with he was just a criminal. Okay, and people didn't like the fact that he was a criminal, and so uh, you know that that's why he was uh, why he was unseated and. You know, I, I, uh, it, it's a really complex issue. At the end of the day, you can't solve it. Uh, you know, even some sort of comprehensive uh, legislation isn't going to solve the problem overnight. I mean, it just. Uh, it, but at the end of the day, you have to start somewhere, and you've you got to have some sort of comprehensive policy uh, how to deal with it. And hopefully, you know, we'll get something from Obama towards the uh, end of the summer. Now, at the end of uh, the. The show you mentioned earlier when I was coming, you're talking about all the jihadists that were. Uh, oh yeah, I was going to say. Apparently, the vast majority. Uh, this is from our. Uh, this is from uh, yesterday from uh, right side news, the right news for Americans, as opposed to uh, left, left side, side news, news, which is, would be the wrong there, news for Americans. I just want to. I just want to read you the uh, contributor. The uh, the uh, contributors to uh, to uh, to uh, to. To this, some of the the quotes in here is Rush Limbaugh, Newsmax.com, Trudge Report, FoxNews.com, Glenn Beck. <laughs> so, sourced very well. Uh, but apparently, uh, MS-13 gang members and jihadists are just flooding over the border, they and they have uh, CBP just has essentially a mandate to let those people in. Just hey. Subject them just to even less scrutiny. Oh, really? They're, yes, so apparently they, so. They don't have to do any background Nothing. Check. They're just like, oh, so you're, nobody's fingerprinted. You're, you're a gang member. Oh, you're coming in to uh, to uh, to fight jihad here. Uh, just we'll uh, we'll ho- we'll holler at you. Here's this little piece of call us. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing is you have this this minority of people out there that are that are uh, uh, parroting this stuff that it that 
the and I'm sure that gangs and jihadis, whatever you want to call, are are using it no more or less than they were using this you know porous border to enter the United States. But to characterize it in such a way that there's such a large group of these people that are just hiding out amongst the uh, just changing their name to a Mexican sounding name. Guess what, people? The border you speak, agents yeah, aren't they're not dumb. They can tell. They may not speak Arabic, but they can definitely tell if you're speaking Arabic. Okay, just for the jihadi side, that's not going to cover the Hispanic gang members or anything. But guess what? Uh, I would like to see the guy with uh, MS13 tattooed on his forehead or a couple of tears, a couple of facial gang There's hats. No way. That they're just going to cut There's those guys. No There's no. Way. Yeah, you, you haven't out. seen a picture of it. You haven't seen it because it's not happening. They have. You know what? Some border patrol agent, some some agent complained some, about yeah, something. Complained about and the bottom line is this: is these cats have? I mean, you've seen them. The gang books. I mean, they have these exhaustive databases of tats, and gangs love tats. And they like the same tats. So when these cats, when these CBP guys see tats that they recognize, they're like, oh, further scrutiny. They have books just to compare tats from people. When you go to prison, that's why they take pictures of all your tats to put it in a database. So the idea that some of these anti-immigrant types are putting out that, oh, it's just gang members flooding in and they're just being let in like anybody you else. You see their calves, get the Get they're out like of the here. Size of the cantaloupes. Clearly smuggling. Um, Another story. Clearly you know, smuggling. As a follow-up to the crisis, just now the Obama administration requested three point eight billion dollars. Billion with a B. Not two. <laughs> not three. It's doubled 3. since it doubled in like a it was, week. Yeah, it was two billion last billion time we were here. Dollars in aid at the border. So details will be coming in. Uh, you know, they, they want to move quickly. Um, so far, what they're saying is that more than fifty-two thousand unaccompanied minors. And 39,000 women with children have been operating on the southern border this year, far more than in past years. So the numbers are now somewhere around 90,000 people have been coming into the country as either children or women with children, so not men. Uh, you know, oh, because yeah. dudes, they'll just throw you in Stewart Detention Center and deport you. Yeah, they're just gone. <laughs> uh, now, the money would go to several government agencies, DOJ, HHS, uh, Homeland Security, to allocate send more judges to the southern border. Now you can't just hire a judge. I got to bring in. Mm-hmm. We're going to delay justice in other cases by bringing judges yep. to the border. Yep. Although I think Judge Cassidy could do these cases, do them all himself. Rocket docket, problem solved tomorrow. And they're done. Um, so uh, now it's interesting. They add more patrol agents. These, all these more detention facilities. These are all long-term solutions. These are not nothing dealing with the right humanitarian away. crisis right away. It's been a fascinating and frustrating week. We'll be talking to you next week on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. On the Children. most uh, listened to show in the known universe. There you go. Thanks See so much. Bye bye. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you.